welcome to Dating in the City, Season 4. We're your hosts, the Conti Sisters, matchmakers and co-founders of Matchmakers in the City, an old-school personal matchmaking firm. Regularly featured on MTV, NBC, Forbes, and more, we've been celebrity matchmakers for nearly nine years. And now we're spilling all of our secrets about love and relationships to you. Hey, you guys, and welcome to Dating in the City. Um, So today, you guys are in for a treat because it is me, myself, and I. (laughs) I'm Alessandra Conti, um, and typically we have my sister and co-founder of Matchmakers in the City, Christina Conti Pineda, on. But today, I have... Beautiful, wonderful, fabulous news. Christina has officially had her baby. Um, So we welcomed baby Austin into planet Earth on Saturday at 11.30 p.m. And let me tell you guys, it was two days of labor for little Christina. And what you guys don't know, because a lot of you... Um, listen to the podcast, which is amazing. Keep listening. We love having you. Um, But if you see pictures of Christina and if you see videos of Christina, you'll see she is probably like one of the smallest, most frail human beings ever. But her belly was, you guys, like it was probably, I've never in my life seen a human being as pregnant as Christina has been. Um, And she was at the office on her due date. And I literally had to be like, Christina, I think that like, you know, go home, relax. Don't worry. We have everything covered here. But she ended up having the baby a few days late, but she was in labor for two days. Um, Grueling, two grueling days bless her heart and lucky girl had Dan who is her husband with her the entire way through um but she had Austin a beautiful baby boy and he's so cute and it's so funny because I feel like also um like I feel like I'm sometimes polite like if one of my friends has and probably this isn't that fascinating to you guys like hearing about babies but whatever I'm an auntie and I'm ready um but it's so funny because I feel like like when my friends have um when my friends brothers and sisters have babies I kind of politely say oh let me see a picture and so I don't know if like my friends are politely asking to see a photo or if they actually care but I'm telling you guys like he's just so precious he's just such a little peanut and he's like wrapped up like a burrito um and he's so cute and I'm meeting him for the first time tonight so I couldn't be more excited um but hence why I am here all by myself I'm literally alone in one of our offices, Um, but I'm just imagining talking to you guys, and and yeah, so I'm doing the podcast all by myself today, and today is a really special episode because we are doing a matchmaking special, so I'm going to be literally like looking into the depths of my DMs, and I've already pre-picked a few questions that I've gotten over um, over the past couple months that I've saved and I haven't answered, specifically that are about matchmaking. Um, so obviously, I'm a professional matchmaker and I think that a lot of times we talk about like pure dating advice on the show as opposed to kind of the inner workings of matchmaking and matchmakers in the city. So I'm super excited to really do a bit more of a deep dive into that. Um, But before I get into that, let's begin with our first segment. Our first segment is, We Couldn't Help But Wonder. 
As sisters, we grew up watching Sex in the City. Now, as personal matchmakers in 2020, we're living in a very different dating landscape than the ladies once were. In our segment, we debate each question that Carrie couldn't help but wonder, episode by episode, through today's lens. Okay, so you guys... The episode that we're talking about today is season two, episode nine of 21, and it's called Old Dogs, New Dicks. And Carrie couldn't help but wonder, can you change a man? So I'm actually glad that Christina isn't in this, um, isn't doing this um, recap with me because I feel so awkward when we talk about like man's appendages when we're together because she's, even though I'm pretty conservative, she's more of the conservative one. <laughs> like, um, and when I say conservative, I mean like value wise. Um, but anyway, so basically the episode is all about, um, it's the one where, um, uh, so the reason old dogs new dicks. Okay, so uh, Charlotte is dating this guy who's uncircumcised, um, and then he like decides to get circumcised um, as he's dating uh, as he's dating uh, Charlotte. So that's great. And then he ends up getting circumcised, and then they have sex, and it's so amazing and wonderful, and that he like feels like he was a virgin and now he just like becomes he wants to sleep with every woman because he's it's like such a new experience for him um so that was uh charlotte's little story and then samantha um they go to this i think it's like a drag bingo thing um which by the way if you guys have never been obviously before covid times they had they had this um but it's so much fun i remember going to drag bingo it was this place called lips in New York City. Um, I was 1000% underage, but we went for one of my girlfriend's birthdays when we were in, um, when we were living in New Jersey growing up. And I just was so much fun. It's just like drag queens are just everything. And they're just like, they're just so extra and wonderful and free and just being the biggest versions of themselves. So I'm just, I love a drag queen. Um, but anyway, so they go to, um, the ladies go to this uh, place with drag queens and Samantha ends up meeting a, um, a beautiful, fabulous queen named Samantha. Um, and it's this guy that she dated. And then he basically like his drag persona was Samantha. So it's just so fun. And I love it. And she was like, oh my gosh, so men can change in her opinion, because clearly he changed quite a bit. Um, and it was, it's like the ultimate flattery. Like you guys, if you ever feel the need to do drag and you want to name yourself Alessandra, I I'm 100% down for it. Like, be the biggest me that you can be. Um, So I totally give, like, my stamp of approval. If you ever want, you know, if you ever want to, you know, go drag as me, go for it. It would be so beautiful. Um, But anyway, and then Carrie's story is that she and Big have been dating and they like you know they were on they were off and now they're on again and basically he just has these old habits that continue to just rear their ugly heads um you know one of one of which is that they're at dinner and a beautiful woman walks by and then big like literally like it's just so obvious he doesn't even try to hide that he's checking her out Um, And I actually wrote an article about this years ago um, about how, like, men need to stop doing this um, because it's just so, oh, it's just the worst. So, guys, like, if you see a beautiful woman and you're out on a date with another woman, really use self-discipline and self-control. We know that they're, even if she's wearing, like, a flashy dress, just keep your eyes straight ahead. And we always tell the men when we're date coaching, pretend like the woman across from you is the only woman in the world. I really want you to pretend like the you're you're just alone with her, even if you're in a busy restaurant. And that is super seductive to women. So a little dating tip there. Um, 
And then a few of Big's other, like, old habits of just, like, not really ready for that next phase of their relationship. And so for Carrie, she is thinking, like, he's an old dog and you can't change a man. Um, And then Miranda's story is that she and Steve are now dating more regularly, but he works at a bar. So he comes in super, super late and she's an attorney. Um, So by the time he comes home and, you know, spends time with her, which is essentially them just sleeping together. So it's not even like they're dating, which is kind of, I don't know, like it's so bizarre how we were kind of programmed into like just like when I was younger watching Sex in the City, I would watch it and just not even ask the question of like, oh, are they going on dates? It was more he would just come over every single night and they would sleep together. So a little, I'm not sure how that's aged. I would say that hasn't really aged very well, um, just because I think it's like, if that's, you know, the part, if that's where you're at in your life, good for you. But I think a majority of the people that are listening to this podcast and that are working with us are at the place where they actually want to be going on dates. And like everything that Miranda is doing is like, we would just say, do not do, um, But anyway, he would come over, she would be so tired, and so she'd end up falling asleep, like, before they could even spend any time together, or in this case, sleep together. Um, So, and then her, she also was kind of the old dog um, in the relationship, because um, while Steve really loved to cuddle, Miranda just doesn't like to cuddle. Like, after being intimate, she just is like, okay, we're good, like, don't touch me. So yeah, she's more of the old dog, and you know, Steve is more of that little cuddler, and he's such a precious gem. So anyway, that is the different, those are the different storylines that are going on during the episode, and the big overarching question of, can you change a man? Oh, I love, I'm happy to unpack this a little bit. I'm a big believer that you absolutely can change a man. And I'm not talking about their core values, okay? A man who has core values are very, the likelihood that a man will change his core values is slim to none. So if a man just doesn't value loyalty, if a man just doesn't value, um, and loyalty, especially when it comes to cheating and, you know, being with one person and all of that, the likelihood that he's going to change in that respect is very low. Um, I think that when it comes to cheating, it's very difficult for a man to change. Um, So in that respect, I would say you can't change that element about somebody. That it falls into the category of values. Um, I also think other unchangeables kind of falling into the category of values are core beliefs. So it could be religious beliefs. Um, If you're dating a guy with the intention of changing him, you know, say you meet an atheist and you're a very religious person and you're like, oh, it's okay. Like everything is perfect, except he's a very, you know, very vocal atheist the likelihood that an atheist is all of a sudden going to change into, you know, a man that's going to church with you every Sunday is very low. So I think in that respect, again, when we put it into the category of values, of beliefs, um, it's very difficult. And I would say, don't waste your time trying to change those things. But I do think that it is possible for somebody to enter into a new relationship and maybe they haven't maybe they they had been in a, in a in a past relationship and they just they didn't do it at the best version of themselves. They knew that they could do things differently in that relationship and they knew that they just weren't weren't bringing they weren't bringing it in their past relationship for it could be for so many different reasons um but I do think that once they enter into a new relationship with a new headspace or even if they are in in an older relationship and they have that kind of come to Jesus moment you know no no uh it is 
very possible for them to amend behaviors. So I think that certain behaviors and certain reactions, a man can change certain behaviors and certain reactions and certain actions. And we call this at Matchmakers in the City, the Prince Charming Switch. So... Um, what we am going to do a little bit of what we do during male date or during not male date coaching. Actually, this is female date coaching, um, because as much as we wish that we lived in a utopian society where men were men were just doing um, these things on their own, we're very well aware that, you know, um, sometimes they just need a little nudge into that Prince Charming switch. Um, and that is the Prince Charming, um, the Prince Charming switch. So essentially, when we're date coaching women, um, we tell them it's all about positive affirmation. So I'm a big believer that men generally, if they've been on this earth for like a month, if they've watched a movie, if they've read a book, they have a general understanding that there are certain behaviors. Um, and just certain ways of interacting with women that are the right way and that are the gentlemanly way. But the problem is that, and I'm not blaming you women, I'm not blaming women as a whole, but a lot of women just kind of allow the negative behaviors to permeate and just to exist And they affirm those negative behaviors because the men are still given what they want even when they are not, like, stepping up their game. This is, it's, it's like, okay, you go out with a guy, he's attractive, and then, you know, does he, you know, pay for the bill? Does he bring you home? Does he, you know, open the door when you exit? Maybe, maybe not. But either way, you're like, oh, screw it. Let me just sleep with him because it's been a while and because I'm attracted to him. And here we are. And, the, and, and you know, I'm a strong, independent woman, whatever. But while, listen, 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 listen. In any way, do you, if that's the phase you're at in your life, but also remember that, like, um, remember oxytocin and remember, like, unwanted pregnancy, which is literally the most horrific um, potential ever. Um, but... If that's where you're at in your life, you do you, whatever. But if you're looking for, if you're looking to make a connection in a long-term, in a long-term relationship, then it's really important to, like, you set your expectations higher um, and you deserve the level of treatment that you want from a man. And men enjoy treating you that way. Like men enjoy treating you in a respectful manner. But also it's kind of like with a dog. Dogs don't mean any harm when they, you know, when they pee on the couch. You know, say it's a brand new puppy and you're just so excited to have the puppy. You let him come onto the couch, but he's not potty trained yet. So he ends up peeing all over the couch. So it's not the puppy's fault. Like he's just really excited to be there. He pees on the couch, but it's just he hasn't been trained yet. And yes, am I talking about training your future boyfriend? Yes, I am. You know, this may or may not be, um, uh, what's it called? Explosive, offensive to some of the men that are listening. But listen up, ladies. I mean, it's it's very similar to a new guy that you're dating. He most likely, you know, well, actually not most likely because a lot of guys don't have the best intentions and they do just want to sleep with you. But um, watch our YouTube video of, um, I'll, I'll put a link here. It's like five reason, five ways to tell if he just wants to sleep with you or something like that. But anyway, if he doesn't just want to sleep with you, if he actually does have good, decent intentions, um, then he still needs to know the blueprint of dating you. And he still needs to know the boundaries and the parameters that you're okay with, that this is the way that you want to be treated. And so in culture and in society, on first dates, on second dates, you can't just like sit there and lay it out and be like, okay, this is what I want. This is how I want you to treat me. Boom, 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 boom. 
absolutely not. You can't do that. Men will just be like, what are you talking about? They'll be horrified. They'll think that you're just trying to fill a slot in your life of husband, like name, husband, insert name here or insert man here. So instead of laying it out so thick on the first date or on the second date, what you can do instead is affirm their positive behaviors. So affirming their gentlemanly behaviors. And even if it's not kind of their natural behavior, even if it is a little bit, yes, the word, manipulated by you. So what am I talking about? Say you go on a date, you're on a first date, and um, you get to the restaurant, and you're standing at the door, and obviously, ladies, you could easily open the door for yourself. But the problem is, if you open the door for yourself, you then, you're not allowing the guy to open the door for you. And this is just one of the traits and one of the minor things of like what being a gentleman is and kind of acting out, yes, those gender roles of his masculinity, your femininity, acting that out, enjoying that as you're dating, embracing that as you're dating. Um, And if you're the masculine, that's fine. But this is for heteronormative masculine feminine relationships. Okay, blanket statement. Um, So you're at the restaurant. What you can do instead of opening the door is you stand back and three words, ladies, let him lead. Okay, let him lead. Ladies, I want this to be your mantra when you're going on dates. Let him lead. When it comes to opening the door, you're going to just stand back. And I know that you're like, I can just open it. It's fine. But we're setting the stage for the way that you want to be treated. And those little actions really help the guy feel as though, okay, I'm, you know, I'm in charge. Okay. I'm, you know, I'm given, I'm really, I'm given this task to, you know, really take care of this woman as we're going on this date. And that little act of opening the door, it really means a lot. So you stand back and you may even, you may even have to wait and like, look at him and kind of be like, oh, like he'll get the hint though, you guys. Like that's the beautiful part about the Prince Charming switch is that it's a switch. So you literally just look at him and then he'll say, oh, oh, of course. And then when he opens the door, I want you to use these words. I want you to say, oh my gosh, thank you so much. You're such a gentleman. Okay. So when he does something that is gentlemanly, you need to verbally affirm him with saying, you're such, the, oh my gosh, thank you. You're such a gentleman. Because then he hears, ding, ding, ding. Oh my gosh, she thinks I'm a gentleman. Therefore, uh, my behaviors are now going to reflect being a gentleman. If she thinks I'm a gentleman, that I am going to act out those gentlemanly characteristics and those qualities because he has them inside of him. He just hasn't had to, you know, use that muscle. It's like you go to the gym and you're, you know, if, if you're not working out, if you don't do any leg day, um, not that I like, not that I've been to the gym and like however many months quarantine has been going on, but like whatever, back when the gym was a real thing, um, if you don't do leg day, you're going to have tiny little shrubs of legs. But once once you start doing leg day, you're like, oh my goodness, like this feels good. Okay, maybe I'm a little bit sore, but I'm going to keep doing leg day because, whoa, these results, look at these glutes, you know, look at these glute, the gluteus maximus, um, which is, you know, always exciting for a woman, guys. But anyway, so ladies, I want you to positively affirm a man's behavior when he does something that is just exciting for you and it seems gentlemanly to you. You don't have to always say the words, you're such a gentleman, but I always tell women who are going on a first date or a second date to try to use that phrase a couple times within those first couple dates because that word gentleman, it really does ring and it really does kind of, there's like this whole societal thing that goes on behind that and guys understand old school words like old school, gentleman, you know, traditional. They understand understand that. And if you affirm that you love an old school traditional gentleman, they will then be like, oh, okay, like, oh yeah, that's what I am. Like, of course that's what I am. Um, 
even when it comes when they you know when the bill comes and um and you know you you're sitting back like we said let him lead and then he takes you know he takes the 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 check you can even just you know say oh my gosh thank you so much that like you were really you're really a gentleman like thank you so much that's so sweet but positive affirmation guys it goes ladies it goes so far um and it's kind of like pavlovian um going back to the dogs but it's really giving them that little treat of oh thank you you're such a gentleman or oh thank you so much oh my gosh and like maybe it's a touch of the arm you know a physical touch um when you're thanking them to really just light up those areas in the brain that bring that that encourage those positive behaviors so in conclusion I would say um you can change and you can help shift a man's behaviors um but at the core if a guy does not have the same or you know in your opinion good values then it's probably going to be a lot a lot more of a challenging experience um but i would definitely say um men a lot of men just need a blueprint um when it comes to dating they don't but they don't but you can't give it to them in the way that would be so easy you kind of have to do it in a roundabout way so you can't just say okay here this is what you need to do to make me happy you because they're then they'll think that you're telling them what to do and people I mean I know even for me if somebody tells me what to do I want to do the opposite because I'm like don't tell me what to do (laughs) but if I'm affirmed if I do something and say I cook something and my boyfriend loves it he affirms it to me he's like oh my god that's so amazing or I wear something I wear a dress I wear skirts and like I know with me my boyfriend oh my god I love when you wear skirts I love when you wear heels oh you look so amazing he's not saying you can't wear pants this is the blueprint to my heart only wear pants only wear uh only wear skirts he's affirming my outfit choices when I'm wearing skirts therefore I love wearing heels I love wearing skirts it's a beautiful thing it's a win-win situation I feel good he's happy everybody's good to go so yes Carrie I do think that you can change a man old dogs new tricks let's say okay you guys this is so funny just like speaking um speaking to you guys uh which I don't um you know speaking to the the little mic microwave the little microphone but we're, we're making it happen um so our next segment is ask Allie So for those of you that are really like aggressive like stands of mine and you like follow you know what I do on social media which by the way I love you and that is so sweet and um I just I love you you know call it weird but you know the 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 Netflix show you you know Joe I'm down for that you know please don't stalk me though that's not like that's not great at all I'm not like inviting stalkers and I'm joking um but anyway so yes please (laughs) don't please do not stalk me do not stand outside of my window um but anyway um for those of you that have followed me for a while know that there was a there was like a month that I got really into doing these videos called ask Allie and I've since deleted them on my um on my Instagram because they were Instagram stories and obviously I'm really long-winded so it's it's kind of a difficult avenue like I'm trying to figure out what the best venue for for me like expressing myself is we love podcasts um and we also love me and Christina love doing our weekly YouTube videos which those are a lot smaller those are like 11 minutes 10 10 to 15 minute videos where we like do a deep dive into um into topics like three ways to attract you know a beautiful woman or what to do when you get ghosted so it's very like kind of quick easy dating advice but anyway um the segment ask Allie it was popular with my with my Instagram uh, matchmaker Alessandra Conti um but I'm gonna do a few um answering of my DMs of the past and present um that these are questions that a few of them I kind 
kind of I, I, I really went deep into my DMs and just saw that there were a bunch of questions that I haven't answered. So apologies if I haven't answered them to you, but we are doing it now. Um, so the first DM, let me pull it up. Okay. How did you become a celebrity matchmaker? So I love this question. Um, and for those of you that listen to the podcast, you probably have heard this story one or two times, but I will tell you again. Um, so me and Christina, obviously, we are real sisters, and we grew up in a small town in New Jersey, um, pretty close to the city. But there was very little to do in the small town of Mawa, New Jersey. Dating in the City is brought to you by our Patreon. We're thrilled to announce the restructuring of our Patreon to allow for more club members, even as low as $1 a month. Join our exclusive club of Patreon members to support our weekly podcast and activate access to amazing personalized gifts and benefits. We'd love to keep providing you with the weekly podcast that you love and to ensure that join today on patreon.com slash dating in the city. Again, that's patreon.com slash dating in the city. Support the podcast that you love and get a tax deduction for it. So with very little to do, um, me and Christina just always loved, we loved like the bar mitzvahs, obviously the sweet 16s. We loved all the school dances and we were just kind of fearless when it came to like talking to the boys and when it came to like just we we loved we loved matchmaking and we really were doing it like we really got our start at the dances um and with so little to do in our small town we would then spend months planning these really big blowout parties and we had a ton of friends from the all boys school and like you know when you grow up in a small town sorry guys for Mawa but we just were so like we were like little rabid um rabid young women because we were just like oh my god the guys like they're just you know we when you grow up with a group of guys it's so difficult because you remember when they like peed their pants in second grade or you know did something very bizarre and there's just a lot that goes even if a guy was like quote-unquote cute it just we couldn't see past what we knew like we knew too much um and that's how I feel about a lot of times when we match make like a lot of people like oh my god how do you not date all of your clients like these amazing successful men I'm like oh sweetie we just we just know too much um but anyway so we would throw these big parties we would like rent out different halls and we just went all out we would have like Victoria's Secret theme parties which is highly inappropriate for 16 year olds to be having um and we would introduce our girlfriends to the the boys and like even when we went to bar mitzvahs when like bar mitzvahs bar mitzvahs we grew up in so in new jersey it's different than in los angeles so we live in los angeles now and we've been here for almost nine years which is absolutely insane but it's very different because in new jersey we grew up in a town where there was you were either Jewish or you were Catholic and there was like very little variety in between that it's like you're Jewish or you're Catholic and you would like there was if you were Jewish of course you would be able to marry a Catholic girl or if you were Catholic of course you'd be able to marry somebody Jewish like we had a lot of friends that were both um and a lot of it's like an Italian American neighborhood it also was very Irish American but like not fresh off the boat like we these people have been around for generations um but definitely like more like real housewives of New Jersey so kind of that vibe because we literally grew up in the town next to where they do a majority of the filming um for housewives but so kind of similar to that vibe but very much like Jewish Catholic it didn't really like matter except that if you were Jewish you had a bar mitzvah if you were Catholic you didn't and you would have to wait until your sweet 16 to have a big party um 
So, like, I even remember at bat mitzvahs, there would be, like, the line of guys on one side and there would be the line of girls on the other. And we were just fearless. And we just would talk to everybody. Like, we were the social butterflies. We, like, loved boys. You know, those boy... Do you guys remember? Oh, my God. Those boy crazy cards. Oh, my goodness. I mean... I just, I feel as though they really paved the way for what I do as a career because (laughs) even though our, we don't have boy crazy cards. So basically for you guys that don't know, the boy crazy cards were these like kind of like Pokemon cards, but instead of like a Pokemon on it or like a, a deck of cards, literally like, like ace of spades or whatever card. And so instead of a instead of like an ace of spade or a pokemon on the card there would be a young man there would be a boy like a teenage boy or like a tween boy and um i feel like we've talked about this on the podcast before but i black out when we record them so i'm sorry if i if i'm repeating myself but it's so funny because you would like we would be sitting there with our boy crazy cards and we'd be like oh yeah like i really like rick or oh yeah james is mine or like oh yeah we we would like just talk about these boys on these boy crazy cards and truly i really wonder like who were, I guess these guys were like LA guys, LA young boys that like did a casting. And now that I know the insider of Hollywood, it must be like the parents, like you were a parent that brought your child to a casting for, to create a boy crazy card, like for tween girls, which is just such a bizarre thing. Like, I really wonder, like guys, whoever, if you're listening to this and you happen to be one of the boys on the boy crazy cards, please write to me. I really, I really wonder, please DM me. I really wonder like where you are today. Like, what are you doing? Like, are you married? Like, are you straight? Um, but anyway, so love it. But we just would, we would, and we would also, something that's really funny, we were so, like, we watched Clueless, and it really was such a game changer for us in terms of, like, just our calling in this world. Because Cher, if you recall, um, like, it's a it's a big makeover movie, and Cher basically, like, plucks tie from obscurity, from high school obscurity, and she basically does this, like, incredible, life-changing makeover on Ty and so when we watched Clueless we were like we need to do that like that is our calling so it was this combination of wanting to make people over and then doing it and like we had I remember our earliest makeover was in like second grade where we had a play date with this girl and we were just like okay you like like this boy and I would say their names because I remember them but I won't put them on blast um uh, to, to protect the not so innocent but um but we, we I remember vividly we said okay you want him all right so we're gonna do your hair we're gonna do your makeup and we gave her like our clothing to wear from limited to because I think she wasn't like allowed to she wasn't allowed to shop at limited to or something like that and we then took photos of her which like oh my god you're in second grade like that is not that is not okay but we just did we took these like dating profile photos of her that from like polaroid photos so funny of her just glammed up so it really like that's that's where we got our start and we we call ourselves like sandbox matchmakers like we were matchmaking before it was socially acceptable for like boys and girls to be dating um but it is what it is so fast forward um we both were in college I was going to American in Washington DC which DC oh my god such an amazing city I miss it I used to go so frequently now with COVID haven't been in months um and then Christina went to Trinity undergrad and then went to Oxford for her masters she's a brilliant girl beauty and brains um, but anyway, so she then, um, we, she was getting her master's and I was finishing up my undergrad and I just always knew like LA is so fabulous. Had I ever visited LA? No, but we knew what we know. We, we knew what we, what the only the only thing that we knew about LA was what we saw on TV and specifically what we saw on the hills and the hills was incredibly popular at that time so 
Legend has it. No, but so what happened was I just said, Christina, let's move to Los Angeles. And like she was doing her master's and like she ended up, she was doing it in um, in English literature. But it's so funny because she ended up basically doing her whole dissertation on the relationship complexities in I think like in the Jane Austen characters. So her dissertation, which is like basically this, you basically have to like prove why you should be getting a master's degree from Oxford. And she did this huge presentation on the relationships between like Mr. Darcy and um, Elizabeth. Like it was so great. And I'm just so proud of her as a future matchmaker. Um, but we would always kind of joke around since we've we were we always set up our friends and what I didn't talk about like throughout all of high school throughout all of college we would just set up friends and they would like I remember I would go, I dated like one of my first boyfriends bless his heart I dated him and he was so sweet such a precious gem but I just I I was like when we broke up he was such a nice guy and I'm like you know what you would love my friend Breep. And so I ended up setting them up and they like lost their virginity to each other, like bless them. But that and then I remember I would do all of these different just setting up friends and just so many, so many early matches. And we did that throughout high school, throughout college. So we would always joke as like a funny thing. Oh, my gosh, how fun would it be if we just like moved to Beverly Hills and started a matchmaking company? So it kind of then, I was about to graduate, and I just said, Christina, let's just do it. Like, screw it. She didn't want to be, like, a professor or whatever you do with a a degree like that. And she primarily had gone to Oxford because it's Oxford, and she wanted to get a master's. And she didn't really know exactly what she would be doing with it. So I said, Christina, let's just move to LA. Let's start a matchmaking company, and let's just live in the in the, in the apartment that the girls from the hills lived in. So literally, we found out exactly where the girls from the hills lived, and then we ended up getting an apartment there. And truly, the rest is history. And we just kind of came to LA we didn't know a soul um and we but we went out every night of the week and one of the benefits of being young I mean we I was when I was 21 when we moved here I'm that was almost nine years ago so oh god I'm getting so old but I couldn't do what we did then now like I'm exhausted just like getting into Niles my convertible and like driving to the office like and then doing work and then coming like I couldn't even fathom going out every night of the week but back then we were just so on fire we had so much energy and we were so like into the Hollywood scene which is what we talk about a lot on the podcast so if you listen to like past episodes but we would just we would go out every night and the cool part about the villas which was where we lived was that it was all of like all of these budding young Hollywood kids were at this apartment complex and it was this luxury fabulous apartment community and it was very much a community so we would go sunbathing and that's literally like Adrena was scouted from the hills was scouted at the villa's apartment community and that's how she became a cat a part of the cast in the hills and it really like art reflected life because we met so many up and coming LA people who are now like Oscar winning and like Emmy winning and um, like Grammy winning a lot of musicians we met and just killing it like agents and producers and like it just was this huge launching pad for now you know the people that you're seeing and it's so crazy it's just so crazy to me and I'm like oh my god like can you believe a like text a friend like hey like can you believe you're like nominated for an Emmy that's insane like remember when we were sunbathing at the villas like talking about Christian Grey um because that was when Fifty Shades of Grey was uh starting so it was just so cool and we would one of my girlfriends was in PR who I actually and I we loved clubbing and going out and dancing that was where I got my workout 
felt so blessed in my heart. I haven't been to a club in forever. So, oh, Lord knows I've gained a little, um, gained a little love, a little more to love here. Um, but um, anyway, so, but we would go just to the different clubs and, and it was, it was kind of a different time where a lot of like a lot of the quote unquote celebrities would go out at that time and like, yeah, the paparazzi were big, but like you would be partying and Paris Hilton would be right next to you. Or like, I remember one night we went out and it was like Usher was, it was a brand new club. Usher was at one table. Miley Cyrus was at the other table. It was at the height of her, um, it was at the height of her like ugly pets phase or wild pets or whatever that was called. So she was off the rails and, um, and it was just like, they were just so many people were there. So when we began Matchmakers in the City, which was initially, we had a different name for it matching up. We just kind of went into the scene and we're like, yeah, we're matchmakers. Yes, we have a matchmaking company. And like even before we had a client list, we just were building our database and we we're like, oh yeah, we're matchmakers. Like we, can you be a part of our database? You know, we're trying to just meet single people right now. And then ultimately it became from like, oh, I'm in your database. That's great. But I'd really love to hire you guys. Like, what are your rates? And I remember I also, something that's fun fact, I had worked throughout college and I was so blessed that um, my family um funded my education. I know that I'm not all people are as lucky as me in that respect. Um, but I also worked throughout college and I did internships with Fox News and the Recording Academy. And then I got a job with the Recording Academy at Grammy U, which was basically like event planning. Um, so much fun. We did these like sound check things where we would plan sound checks for, um, the the different Grammy nominated artists that would come to town and so like Colby Calais and Jason Mraz we did a sound check with them they're so sweet um Colby I just feel like she just was like not into fame at all Jason was great super chill um who later like lived with one of my friends which is just such it's such a small world but anyway um so we would just I would plan these events and I saved a lot of money and I did babysitting as well um and my babysitting family like so close to my heart I love them to death but it was so great because I had saved up ten thousand dollars and that was essentially the seed funding for matchmakers in the city so I saved up all my babysitting money and that got us our apartment and that got us kind of early days of just just starting the company and then when we one of our first memberships was ten thousand dollars and to me that was all the money in the world so it was so crazy when uh, our first client picked that membership because I remember just being like oh my gosh this is literally like what I made through so much babysitting hours so we really I mean those early memberships me and Christina were doing everything um so fun early days we would like go on the dates because we didn't think like we would introduce them at the restaurant because we were so concerned that we just we didn't understand like reservations and we didn't trust anybody so we would just go to the restaurant we'd meet the guy first we'd like boost him up we'd be like okay like here's a little date coaching like please be a gentleman like do this do that like bring her to you know the valley pay for her valet like you know ask her questions are you ready yes making sure he was dressed properly we gave him we used to give roses to the guys to give to all of our female clients if it was a female um we don't do that anymore but it was so precious and we literally did everything went so above and beyond but anyway that's how we built our business because we like then you know we would meet with everybody and we would do everything in person and then they'd be like oh hey like you guys are amazing. Like you're adorable and so sweet and you care so much. I want to hire you. So it really just became the snowball. Um, and we started with our first office was in Beverly Hills. Um, and is in Beverly Hills and it's just this beautiful it was it was just everything and it was so exciting such a fresh exciting time um and then very early on we did have to start hiring help because we just couldn't do it all and our client base got a lot bigger um and so now nine years later we have a team of matchmakers that does everything and the way that it works is the the clients come in and they're working 
working with a team of matchmakers. So it's not just the men, they're not just being matched with the men and women that I've been able to interview and really get to know, but they're also meeting their potential matches are the the men and women that the other matchmakers are that are a part of their um, professional circle and social circle who are either in our database or scouted or doing a, a client membership, a priority membership with us. So it's just this, like we knew what worked and we did it with two. And now we've now we have six matchmakers. So we've kind of duplicated that super authentic way into six different, like six of us, six different Allie and Christina's. Um, and it's so cool. And so the clients work with the team and the whole goal of a membership with us is that the priority member, the club we call we, like client or priority member, we use those kind of two phrases. Um, but they're essentially like the goal is for all of our team to really get to know them so that we can like see we know them and they're more than just you know a profile that we're looking at it's like we've gotten to experience them experience their body language experience everything so it's just it's really cool and that's why I think it works so well and so the matchmakers and this goes on to oh my god I you guys I'm so freaking long-winded bless my heart um but actually, the next DM is, do you and your sister do all of the matchmaking? And that is, no, um, absolutely not. Um, that's why we have the team of matchmakers. And so me and Christina, we we come to the office every single day. We kind of manage the team. Um, we give our matchmaking suggestions. But all of our matches have to be approved by another matchmaker. So we have like a peer review system here. So even so I may come into the office guns blazing and being like, OK, we are setting Jessica up with Jason. Like I. I do not care, but it can't just be that. It has to be approved then by another matchmaker. And sometimes I'll have to like, like prove to Melisa of like, okay, Melisa and Melisa's super hard to, um, when Melisa says no, it's like, you can't change your mind. Like I get it. But so sometimes I'll have to really like go to bat for the guy that I think is going to be amazing for a bachelorette or vice versa. But we all do that. So it's definitely a team effort. Obviously right now during COVID, um, we are, so it's only three of us that are coming into the office every day just because space wise and also just keeping everybody like the other matchmakers have families and, you know, some of them are immunocompromised, whatever it might be. So we just it's like their comfort level and also CDC, like we technically were not allowed to come to the office for a while. Um, but anyway, so but so we've been doing a lot of virtual meetings, like everything is virtual right now. Um, but we actually just got, I think like last week, we're allowed to have people in the office again, which is really exciting. Um, but basically, yes, that is my like trajectory. In terms of being a celebrity matchmaker, so I think that it's like, it's kind of like when you live in LA and when your office is in Beverly Hills, and now our main offices are in Brentwood, um, but it's kind of like, you can't not work with celebrities. Like everybody, just everybody in some way is connected to the entertainment industry. Even if they're like a chef, they're like a celebrity chef. So just because this is LA, it's like the nature of the beast. Um, so a lot of, a lot of times it's like, yes, we say celebrity matchmaker because it's such a cool, like celebrity matchmaker, Alessandra Conti. I love that. But also it's just kind of like, you can't, it would be weird if I didn't, if we didn't work with celebrities, like it just would be weird because it's just a part of the, the population of people that we matchmake and something that we really pride ourselves on. Like we treat everybody exactly the same. Um, I don't care if you've won five Oscars, if you have, if you're like doing something on a date, like telling a woman that she needs to be physically available for you, like homeboy, you're going to get a little talking to you by one of the matchmakers. So like we're, we're very, 
like I don't we don't care we're not we don't yes people to death I think that sometimes gets us into trouble a little bit because a lot of times when people hire a matchmaking company they think okay I'm hiring you this is what I want provide it but it's not that kind of service like this is a collaboration and you know, when when somebody's hiring a matchmaking company or matchmakers, they need to have the understanding that like the team, we've been doing this for a long time. So if you come in and yeah, you may think that you know exactly what you want and I know what you want, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that is going to, um, to give you a long-term relationship. So it's like want versus need. And we're really good at something that we've honed over all of these years doing this is figuring out, okay, what do you need? Like, what does a person need instead of what do they want? So, okay, you want a preference. It's like preference versus priority. So a preference is dating a guy that's over six foot. Okay, I'm glad that that's a preference, but sweetie pie, you are 4'9". That is just not necessary. You're like 5'2". You don't need to date a guy who is over six foot. It's just not necessary. But a priority is a man with an amazing career. Yes, sweetie, you're rocking at your career and we're not going to set you up with some guy that was on one season of a CW show. You know, we're going to set you up with somebody who is doing really well within their career, even if he's over six foot and, you know, is super attractive. Also, it's, I mean, matchmaking, it's just such an, it's such an in-depth thing. And it's so, it's based on so many factors. It's not just somebody's physical appearance because that is a piece of the puzzle, but it's also, you know, do they want to get married? Do they want to have children? Is, um religion compatible and how like what is their timeline um personality types I mean we do a a big deep dive like I'm a big um, believer in attachment theory and like the avoidant personalities and uh, anxious uh, anxious person so it's it's a lot of it's like psychological it's psychology based but at the same time it's also we're meeting everybody so you know we're getting to know like you know how it is when you meet somebody and even if you're just having brunch say you're like planning a brunch you know when you're planning a brunch that you know even though you have two friends who you love separate from each other you just wouldn't invite them to the same brunch so it's kind of imagine that but only you've fine-tuned that sense over the past nine years and it's purely for relationships and then you get like a piece of the puzzle of what it is to be a matchmaker so there is that. Okay, going on to um, the next Ask Allie, and I we're, we're almost finished here, but I'll get I'll get another question. Um, what is it like to be on TV? Oh my gosh! So I love this DM, and okay. So it's really fun. Um, First and foremost, it's really fun. Secondly, it is quite nerve-wracking. The most nervous that I get is when it's live TV, and especially live TV in studio, okay? Because I've done live TV where it was, I was um, Skyped in or I was videoed in from a different area and it's a little bit different. You're still like, there's still that nerve wracking factor, but I did that for CW. They have this show called The Morning Dose and then I did another another time for NBC for this other show a few times. It was like, not news, but it was, oh God, what was it called? I forget, whatever. Anyway, so that is, yeah, videoing in, it, it's it's definitely nerve wracking, but you feel you don't have like all the other things heightened. It's when you're in studio and like, you're like, okay, we're on in five, four, and then go. And then you just have to like, you have to really like, 
be at this different frequency and just, you know, I'm long-winded and I sometimes like stumble on my words a little bit. So for me, I'm always like trying to be succinct, trying to be on, trying to give that soundbite, but also I don't like to just do it and like not have substance behind it. So a trick that I learned when I was, I um, last year there was this amazing show called Face the Truth with Vivica A. Fox. And if you're a listener or if you've been following for a while, you know that I was on that show a bunch of times. And I, I learned this trick. So when I would go in for hair and makeup, um, I would basically... Um, my hair, the hairstylist, she'd been she'd been with um, CBS for years and had done everybody's hair. She was so amazing, and I forget her name, of course, just because I haven't been there in a while. Um, but she was so amazing. So basically, like the first time that I was doing the show, I was nervous and I was trying to like make sure that. I expressed myself in a way that was succinct and also had substance. So I I said to her, I said whatever her name was, let's call her Pam. I said, "Pam, let me I'm going to I'm going to speak this to you as if I was talking to a client or as if I was date coaching you specifically." So from then on, I I would when I would go into the hair and makeup chair they would be you know working away doing my hair making the magic happen and I would speak it to whoever was doing my hair and whoever was doing my makeup to really talk it through to a human being um, because a lot of time when you're doing a lot of times when you're doing um, live TV it's a lot of like talk show or um, like with Access Hollywood, you're talking to the hosts. Um, but it so it, it really just helps to kind of bring it down to earth, give the points that I know that are authentic and that I want to present. And so it just, it works really well. So that's one of my like little secrets of getting my words out in a comparable way. Um, so anyway, all right, you guys, I think I've done enough Ask Allies. Um but I, I love that segment, and um, I think Christina will be out for, well, she, she'll be out next week, but she might be back the week after. But anyway, it was really fun. You can always DM me with questions that you have about life, about um, matchmaking, about t- TV, about whatever it might be, and I'm, I'm more than happy to answer. I love talking about this stuff. Okay, next segment, second to last segment, is Netflix and Quarantine, the Conti COVID classics. So... You guys, I started watching this show called Being Erica on Hulu, okay? It's called Being Erica. It's basically about this woman. She's 32 years old, which is like, by the way, crazy that I'm about to be 30, flirty, and thriving. Oh my God, what is going on? Um, But anyway, she is 32 and she basically has this life that she like absolutely hates, super pessimistic, just regrets so many things that happened in her life. And then she like randomly meets this psychologist, this creepy guy, and she basically has the opportunity opportunity to go back in her life and like re-experience and change the things that went wrong in her life previously. So you guys, I saw, I watched two episodes last night. It was really good. Um, and it like hooked my attention, which is really difficult these days. Um, but yeah, so definitely highly recommend being Erica on Hulu. And our final segment catching up with the Contis. So as I mentioned, I am turning 30 flirty and thriving and it is so crazy. My 30th birthday is on Friday. Um, It's just wild. You know, I feel, I feel, I feel both, you know, 87 and also like 16. Um, But I love that we like grew up on 
um, 13 Going on 30. So I remember watching 13 Going on 30 when I was 13 and just being like, oh my gosh, I wonder where I'm going to be when I'm 30. Like, what am like, oh my gosh, what a fabulous life she has. And you know, all the things that um, Jennifer Garner goes through. I love it with, the, oh, remember that guy, I'll never forget that scene of the hockey player, you know, the naked hockey player in her apartment. That hasn't happened to me um, exactly that way. But <laughs> Lord, no more, more like princes, not hockey players. Oh, oh, okay. Remembering that this is going on publicly. Um, but anyway, yeah, so I'm super excited. We're doing a um, sorry for everybody that's being super COVID observant. I respect you. I love you. Um, however, I do need to celebrate my birthday in a safe way. Um, so I'm doing a very small, very, very, very small um, dinner with a few close friends um, at a fabulous uh, hotel restaurant that's outdoors, super sanitary. Um, taking all the sanitary procedures um, to prevent COVID. So there is that. And yeah, and I have my dress. You guys, it is just, it was sent from above. It's like every year my birthday dress has just been sent for, it's like right when I'm ready, it's there. It's this mauve pink color and it's sparkly, but not too sparkly. It's like just enough so that I don't look like I'm 13, so that I look like I'm like properly, you know, age. Um, It's a little little, but you know what? I've got this body and I want to show it off. Have fun. Enjoy. Um, But anyway, so yeah, I'm celebrating with a few friends. It's kind of that awkward thing because with COVID, it's like you... I, I had to be so, not even picky, but, like, I just had to really dwindle down to, like, okay, oh, and uh, the people that I'm inviting, and I just, oh, just that conundrum of never wanting to hurt anybody's feelings. So if you're listening to this and I didn't invite you, just know that I don't, I, that I love you and I apologize. It just was, it was, like, very few people that I could ask um, for it to be like legal, but, um, we'll make up for it next year with a huge party as soon as things are coming back. Um, but yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing that. So that will be really fun. Um, and of course I'll be seeing baby Austin for the first time. So that will be really fabulous and lovely. Um, but anyway, you guys, um, I'm sending you over the biggest hug. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. It is a venture off of dating advice, even though we did get into a lot of dating advice, but more kind of the personal matchmaking element and like learning about our story because I know that we talk about it, but not always so in depth. Um, But anyway, love you guys. Definitely subscribe to the podcast, share with your friends. Um, We are, you know, this is like our passion project and we love doing it. So um, yeah, be sure to share it with as many friends as you can. Um, and yeah, feel free to send us a DM at Dating in the City or a Dating in the City show, which is the Instagram, or at my Instagram at Matchmaker Alessandra Conti or Christina at Matchmaker Christina Conti or at Matchmakers in the City. Um, so, anyway, you guys, biggest hug, um, socially distanced hug, and I'm sending you love. much for listening to Dating in the City. For more information on how to be matched by one of our matchmakers, visit www.matchmakersinthecity.com.